Hi, Paul. Hello, Janina. And welcome, listeners, to the Voice of 5G podcast that we're doing here from Ericsson's headquarters in Shista outside Stockholm, Sweden. And back in the studio we are. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, Janina. It makes quite a difference yes. from last week when... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I was in my hotel room or somewhere. And I was in on the streets of Portugal. You were on the streets of Portugal. I was in Delhi. But yeah. now we're back in sunny Stockholm. Yes. Or not so sunny as Los Angeles. Not though. so sunny as Los Angeles. And why do we mention Los Angeles? Perhaps because the Mobile Congress is going on there at this moment. Mobile Congress Los Angeles. <laughs> Mobile Congress Los Angeles. It's that time of year and it's bigger than ever. 22,000 attendees of which about 2,500 are supposed to be CEOs of companies. So Chief executives. Quite, yeah. So quite high upper management there. Uh, and there are uh, about uh, or over 400 speakers from over 100 countries. So it's really starting to be a global event. A global event. Not quite as big as the one I was at last week. Yeah, more. In Mobile <laughs> Congress. I think more you said visitors there. You, you yeah. told me 75,000 visitors. Uh, yeah, according which to is, the uh, Which is getting pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, big. But, uh, of course, a uh, lot of focus on, on uh, 5G and, uh, and particularly on what's happening in the Americas. Lots of interesting things happening, but we're going to find out in more detail what's happening at the show because we're we're going to talk to somebody at the show. We are. And who are we going to talk to, Janina? We are going to talk to the Honourable Evan Kirstel, who is there uh, looking at what's happening at the Mobile Congress Americas. So we're going to talk to him in a moment, but before that... Mm. I thought we could look at some of the news, what's what's been announced, and particularly the focus on Americas. Yes, please, Paul. And I know you have a lot of things you want to talk about. So, uh, yeah, where are we going to begin? Um, I think maybe we can start with Verizon. Mm-hmm. I know notice that uh, Verizon, have, they've announced uh, now that they're, uh, they're opening up their uh, 5G home fixed wireless service. Uh-huh. Uh, they're going to be offering that also in, in Chicago. Uh, and if you're a Verizon customer, that's going to be $50 a month or $70 a month if you're not a Verizon customer. Uh, so that's your home broadband sorted via 5G. Uh, but I think initially that's going to use their 5G, t- what's called the 5G TF, which is a kind of uh, a pre-5G 5G um, that, um, that they're using. But I suspect that, that will upgrade to 5G 5G sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. I think from the user point of view, you won't really notice the difference, but uh, it, uh, it maybe makes a difference for them in terms of what devices they buy or that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's a service where you get a receiver mounted on the side of your house and uh, it beams in um, millimeter wave uh, 5G, so yep. high capacity stuff. Yep, yeah, uh, like instead of having fiber to your house. Mm? Instead of having fiber to your house, mm. exactly. Um, so that was that was Verizon. Um, Sprint have announced. Uh, I think now that they've extended the coverage of their uh, metropolitan uh, uh, 5G to from f- uh, I think nine million subscribers to around sixteen million subscribers. But not Ooh. not not 
paid up subscribers, but, uh, but population uh, coverage. Yeah, around so... Around 16 million in nine areas, and that includes places like Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, Washington, and a few others. Should we just quickly go through this? Because uh, I've seen, like, the... Uh, uh, just to detail subscribers versus subscriptions versus uh, yeah, coverage. So when we're talking about uh, 5G coverage in yeah. general, that could be geographical coverage. That's that's what physical area you cover. Yes. Yeah. So that you see the coverage maps, right? So that yeah, you see so like, oh, to, which, yeah, exactly. which, uh, which block so has 5G coverage in this city, for instance. So today, if you're thinking about a 5G subscription, you should definitely go in and check the maps and say, do I get 5G at home? Yeah. Or do I get 5G at the office? Yeah. Or do I get 5G somewhere I'm, I'm, I am On the regularly? Because Where do you want to use 5G and do you get it there? Yeah. Hmm? Exactly. So, so uh, geographic coverage, that's one. Uh, then you have population coverage. Right. Uh, and that's... Uh, that's a measure of what proportion of the population can get the service. Yes. Um, and uh, you know what? What? what you, of course, you find if you look at any country is there are lots of people in the cities. So when you get coverage in the cities, you can mop up population. Um, but rural coverage, the population is quite thinly spread in rural areas. So um, you can get quite large areas of the geography without losing too many subscribers. So geographical coverage is normally lower in percentage terms than population coverage. Mm. And then you have the difference between subscribers. So like basically the population coverage is the num the percentage of the population of a country that yes. has yeah. uh, 5G coverage. Mm? Exactly. Yeah. Or for 4, 4G if you're talking 4G. Yep. So mm. that's uh, population coverage. Mm. When it, we then talk about subscriptions and subscribers. Subscribers, that's people like you and me. Um, so that's uh, the number of people that have a subscription. And a subscription is, uh, is that's when you take a contract for a device or something. Uh, and uh, those two numbers are related, of course, but don't necessarily match. Because, because a subscriber can have several subscriptions. Exactly. <laughs> For instance, like me, I have a I have a subscription at home, and I have my company has a subscription for me. So, so you know, you add up subscriptions in, for different types of devices, perhaps. Yeah, and when we're saying when we're talking about like the the number of of subscriptions, which is like usually the easiest way to calculate like number of subscriptions, then you don't have to check the names or is this. Uh, yep. A subscriber that has several subscriptions. Subscriptions is the easiest way to calculate the number of subscriptions because that is it's when you have it's a contract. It's the easiest way to validate. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then when we say that the number of 5G subscriptions, that just means that that particular subscription has 5G in it. It doesn't mean that they have a 5G phone, right? Correct. Yes. So uh, just to keep these numbers in the back of your minds out there, that these numbers can be a little bit tricky sometimes. But, but I think right now, if, you, if you have a 5G calculate. subscription, you have some form of 5G device, because otherwise, why yeah. would you? So, but that could be a MoFi uh, hotspot as well. Sure, you could have a yeah. 5G subscription, but not have a 5G phone. You could, but why, why would point? you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you that could walk around with your 4G <laughs> phone and say, "I've got 5G." Those numbers can vary, and there is a reason yeah. why uh, 
there is. Yeah, but but uh, just to, just to expand on that a little bit, if you look in the f- in the 4G terms, there are a number of countries where if uh, where uh, there's a, there's a split also, of course, between prepaid st- subscriptions, it's where you buy a SIM card and pay up front, mm-hmm. and and like monthly subscriptions for postpaid, where you you have a a monthly agreement and you pay you you pay for your usage on a monthly basis. Uh, and countries where you have prepaid, it's not uncommon that people have multiple SIM cards. So that right, uh, so true. some some markets maybe people have a SIM card which they use for da- data traffic and another SIM card they use for voice traffic. Yes. Or uh, you know it depends on you know it depends on the different offers they get from from operators. Yeah. So you can have multiple you know one person could have multiple SIM cards for the same device. And some devices... And use them in different places and at different times. Some devices do have the possibility of having several SIM cards. I know mine has. Mm. Yeah, that too. So it becomes a little bit uh, difficult sometimes to, to to measure these numbers or to, to check them. So yeah. numbers are interesting. Yeah. But, uh, and, I, and I saw that now we're in, uh, in Korea, we're talking at least 3 million subscriptions. <laughs> Maybe even Good. three and a half. It's going up very quickly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, mm? Sprint have their coverage, population coverage, for 16 million subscribers, potential subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're saying that they're, what they're seeing in the, in the network is that the 5G uh, network is giving something like six times the speed for downloads as the average in the 4G network. So that's that's roughly speaking what you can expect to get on the Sprint network. Then if we move on to T-Mobile, T-Mobile, to, uh, I, I saw a figure for T-Mobile that uh, they, they're investing a total of something like 7 billion US dollars in the uh, 5G network. Uh, that gives you an idea of the scale of investment that's going into, into 5G networks. Uh, not just, of course, with T-Mobile, but, but with uh, operators, all of the operators around the world. And there's now... Oh, a lot of them. <laughs> I lose count. I haven't seen the latest numbers, but there's somewhere probably around f- around 40 live networks today. Uh, that's my wet finger estimate. I can uh, maybe next week or maybe the week after. <laughs> I can go away and look it up. But don't 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 uh, jump on me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But uh, something like 40 networks live around the world at, okay. at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we keep seeing new ones coming live as w- as well, of course. And then I must say that uh, it was interesting to see that we that Ericsson went live with the twentieth just last week as well, or the week before. But yeah, so we have twenty live networks. That's and Ericsson and, and equipment. And that was LG U Plus. LG U Plus in uh, in South Korea. In South Korea, so that's collect the set as it yes. were. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's nice to see. Um, but we were talking about uh, Timo. Yes. T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there was one other piece of news from T-Mobile just, just recently, and that's that they've launched another phone for their network. Um, so now they have a choice of two. Right, because they had only the Samsung before. They yeah. had the Samsung before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've introduced a new phone by OnePlus called the 70 Pro McLaren. And uh, I don't know anything about it except mm-hmm. it has the word McLaren in the name. Which uh, sounds like it's uh, an exclusive piece. Of an equipment. exclusive piece. <laughs> well, and I understand it's uh, only available through Timo. So it is. Yeah. It. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so that's if if that's your cup of tea. Um, or a cup of coffee. Yeah, I want to say we'll go get a cup of coffee whilst <laughs> you go and buy a McLaren phone. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so that was that one. Then uh, AT&T, I think they made an, an announcement about extending coverage to 19 cities in the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw that uh, the CTIA, which is an industry body, has talked about projecting to say that in the US they're going to see something like a 500% growth in the number of small cell deployments uh, now going forward. Uh, although I have to say that the numbers they the numbers they're starting with are fairly small. If you, okay. if you talk about the size of the US, I think they're talking about sixteen thousand deployed small cells today, um, and uh, and they're going to they expect to see five times that many uh, over the next year or so. So mm-hmm. uh, so quite a significant increase, um, and I think partly that's coupled to the the use of five G and the fact that the millimeter wave. Uh, cells have smaller coverage, mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, millimeter wave has, has uh, less penetration into buildings. So indoor smart, small cells are attractive as well. Right. Good use of technology, but I think maybe now's the time for our audience to get to hear about what's actually happening in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, so we will call Evan Kirstel, uh, who will be reporting from his hotel room because it's seven o'clock in the morning there uh, and he will soon be at day two of uh, Mobile Congress uh, Los Angeles Uh, and uh, he will be there um, throughout the week so this is just his uh, views of the first day and what he's seen so far what he's seen so far yeah let's go over to our phone call with him Evan Kristel, welcome to the Voice of 5G podcast. How are things on the other side of the world? Unlike in Sweden, things are sunny and warm and delightful. So, uh, but thank you very much for asking. You well, just had to rub that in our faces, didn't you? <laughs> I think well, we have the sunny yeah, and delightful. It's just the warm that we can't quite cope with. Um, well, uh, having said that, I've been inside at the Mobile World Congress and the Convention Center and in the Ericsson booth all day yesterday. So... Not too much sun, but a lot of radio technology and RF, so a different wavelength going on. Ah, yes. Of course, different wavelengths. That was funny. Come on. That was funny. (laughs) Come on. Give me some credit. I'm (laughs) I'm doing my best here. Uh, What are you doing at Mobile Congress Americas? Well, I'm I'm doing what I do really everywhere. I I just sort of document the world around me, and I'm uh, through tweeting and posting and live streaming and and live blogging and uh and it's it's fascinating i mean as a long time industry observer and participant in wireless gosh 25 years now uh it's it's really the most exciting time in tech and specifically wireless and and telecoms so what a great moment uh, all sort of accumulating here in in los angeles and we should probably say here uh, that uh, we are actually paying you to be there and to give us some sort of like outside in the view of uh, what we are doing there too. Uh, oh my gosh, you're, you're, you're paying me? I, I thought I was getting <laughs> Just to be I, I very was, straight. <laughs> I thought we were bartering. I, I <laughs> thought I was getting a, a free radio dot. 
or yes. my or my basement in turn for covering yeah. the show. Yeah, how many how many how many uh, chains of beads was it? <laughs> exactly. But in any case, in all seriousness, it's 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 a fabulous moment for the industry. Yeah. After after years of talking about and planning for and building for five G. Uh, it's here, and it's yes. real, and it's, it, of course, in the early days, weeks, months, years, but it's very much uh, real and tangible, and um, everyone's excited because it's no longer uh, the sort of the marketing hype. It's the practical approach to building, deploying, scaling these networks, which is something which Ericsson uh, obviously knows uh, a little bit about. A little bit, yes. A little bit <laughs> we, uh, but it's, I mean, it's really happening now. And I, I, I suppose you can really feel the buzz in the whole uh, event. Uh, not just yeah, in Ericsson. And, 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 yeah, but, you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, uh, I'm obviously biased uh, as an Ericsson partner here. But honestly, uh, the buzz is in the Ericsson booth. I mean, I looked around at 10 other booths surrounding Ericsson and it was... Uh, Nothing like what was happening in your booth. You literally had Ooh. people climbing cell phone towers, deploying radios. Yes. I mean, this is, this so tell is, us, this tell us about that. That sounds sounded awesome. Yeah, well, you, you, you know, you obviously had uh, all of your portfolio on display. But in tribute to the hard work that has to be done deploying 5G networks, you had a real, albeit miniature, cell phone tower with all of your RF technology on display and tower climbers, you know, mm. sort of demonstrating to the world the uh, the hard work ahead of us in terms of deploying towers, both you know big and small, uh, you know, and and it's uh, hard work is the right word. You talk about tens and hundreds of thousands of base stations and tenai. Uh, I mean, this is no easy feat uh, to roll out a network of this scale. And uh, it was fun to see that work on display in the Ericsson booth. So actually, uh, a demonstration of the ongoing rollouts of 5G live. Yeah, the rollout rollout is, is is amazing. I mean, you have obviously the the overlay to existing 4G networks that's happening. You have brand new networks being built. You have indoor applications, indoor coverage through some pretty amazing small cell technology. And then we're even going, you know, suburban and rural with 5G as, you know, new frequencies are rolled out. So it was cool to see Ericsson involved in all access of aspects of, of sort of the access network and to see like the whole range of solutions on display was pretty cool. You, you know, the, the small, medium, large, extra large radios, I, I don't know the product family. <laughs> I'm not sure we know I'll the product families either, but uh, the, the yeah, big yeah, ones I'll and the them, small you know, ones. The big ones, the small ones, I'll, I'll call them, you know, the the Venti and the Trenti sized uh, access uh, technologies. So, so to see it all, the hardware and the infrastructure, you know, up close, which you can rarely do, was, was pretty cool. And also to see a, a lot about the uh, the network evolution. Uh, we had some amazing announcements around AI-defined uh, radio infrastructure. Uh, you also announced with NVIDIA a new approach to sort of uh, AI in the access network. 
And it, it really strikes me that the way that we uh, built yesterday's networks is not going to be the way we're going to have to build and scale tomorrow's network. So that was really profound to, to see. Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting area. I mean, you talked about uh, the, the people doing their tower climbs and, and putting up new sites and things. And that's one of the things with the networks is they get more and more complex. We add more standards. We, we, uh, we have more sites. We're going to have a lot of more connected uh, IoT devices um, mm. and, uh, and lots, more, lots more frequency bands and stuff. So what you're trying to manage is, is more and more complicated, which is why AI is one of the ways to, to actually cope with that. It's ah, cool. yeah, good, uh, good segue there, Paul. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, uh, also there is a lot more uses for, uh, for the technology, lots of different areas with all the uh, network slicing and, and so on that you can put up. So an intelligence into the network uh, is quite important. And I know a lot of people have talked about this and we also did, Ericsson did a launch uh, on Monday on this topic. Have you seen anything more uh, or on the on this topic, Evan, from uh, at on site? Yeah, it was really uh, interesting how 5G is is going vertical. Mm -hmm. You know, it's no longer about mobile telephony, right? It's about driving change and disruption and opportunities in various verticals. So I saw a tremendous track on 5G and automotive where, you know, safe driving in the next two, three, five years through, uh, you know, vehicle to vehicle communication, 5G, IoT, embedded in the network, embedded in automobiles will be a game changer and will change the way we, you know, we navigate, we drive, it'll enhance safety and deliver a whole set of automotive functionalities that will impact uh, really every driver on the road. Mm. And as you know, in America, we love our cars and we love our big cars, which uh, aren't always the safest uh, uh, vehicles on the road. So it's great to see sort of uh, technology applied for for good and, and for reasons of security and safety on the road. Um, there was really interesting applications across the board. So whether it was in healthcare, you had some really cool examples of wearables and uh, applications for hospital IT uh, at the booth, and um, and on and on. I mean, in shipping, autonomous shipping and remote controlled uh, uh, autonomous research vessels are are sort of being built around. IoT technology, and that was all there at the Ericsson booth. So it was really impressive to see the array of applications. Yeah. Another thing that we talked about last week was uh, when you were in uh, when, India. When I was in Delhi, <laughs> yes. yes, at the, uh, at in the India Mobile Congress. Yes. Was uh, that uh, India hasn't really had their Spectrum auctions, and Spectrum is uh, one of the big things that they are talking about there for their launch. Yep. Uh, have you seen anything about Spectrum uh, is, is that also a topic at Mobile Congress uh, in LA? Yeah, it is. And it's amazing how similar some of these topics are. Um, you know, spectrum sharing and is, is all the buzz. I mm -hmm. mean, how operators can, on one hand, grow, enhance, extend their 4G networks while uh, embracing 5G and, and layering on 5G networks with uh, all kinds of new applications and devices. No trivial task, 
Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting to see the Ericsson approach on spectrum sharing and really novel and innovative uh, technology happening in the network core to enable, you know, mixed use cases, 4G, 5G, leveraging the existing 4G access network for 5G services. And, uh, you know, Ericsson's the only one talking about this, where it's a real operator dilemma, challenge, or an opportunity, if you want to call it. So uh, so that, that was all the rage. And, of course, Spectrum is king everywhere around the world. So it'll be fascinating to see, uh, you know, more Spectrum going out in the mid and, and low frequency bands here in the U.S. and how, you know, Ericsson can help operators, uh, you know, bridge the digital divide in rural and uh, remoter parts of, of North America. Mm. Mm. Then. You, you mentioned the magic word devices, Evan. <laughs> do, you ha- do you have a 5G phone yet? I'm an early adopter, so I, I have one of everything. Okay. I, so I actually have uh, an AT&T uh, hotspot. Ah, okay. Uh, yep. So as and when I'm in uh, uh, coverage areas, I get blazing fast internet. Um, and, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Samsung devices, uh, so I have a Note S10 5G. Mm-hmm. So now all I need is uh, 100% uh, coverage across the U.S., so I'm sure Ericsson yeah. can help that, with that, that, uh, that small task. I'm sure that'll be along very soon. <laughs> but uh, what, what's new on the device front of the show? Is there anything significant there? Well, it's interesting. The, the whole definition of devices have changed. I mean, we, we always think as of phones as devices, but, of course, there are all kinds of access points. There's their amazing uh, uh, Qualcomm technology being embedded in in laptops now and in, in Windows tablets in uh, soon to be in iPads and, and iPhones and so uh, medical devices. So essentially everything now is going to be a device, whether it's your car, your phone or your, your home PC. And of course, you know, embedding 5G in all those devices makes it sort of always on and seamless and 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 super connected. Oh yeah, that's, this was what we were expecting to see at uh, with 4G, but that didn't really take off. Is this a, a reality with 5G? Yeah, well, for, speaking of me personally, I mean, I live and breathe on on <laughs> on 4G every day. So, you know, I think there's there's definitely more work for 4G to be done, and it's happening. You know, it's. It's uh, for me. It's not either or 4G or 5G. It's sort of 4G plus 5G. And and uh, mm. you, you know, I was looking at some of the Ericsson uh, consumer research being done. Despite uh, you know a lot of hype out there, consumers are excited about 5G, and mm. they they want those devices, and they want the experiences, they want the new pricing plans that operators are starting to uh, come out with for unlimited everything. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's the best time in wireless and certainly the 25 years I've been in this industry. And so onwards and upwards. Uh, it's, it's interesting. If you look at the, if you look at the numbers, then uh, you know what we see from areas where 5G is rolled out, significantly faster uh, download speeds than 4G and, uh, and user, users are using significantly more data on a, on a monthly, month by month basis. And then, if you look at places yeah. like places like Korea, that you know they've got special packages for virtual reality and augmented reality to be able to use your the, the capabilities of your five G service. Yeah, it's it's going to be a race uh, for the good of the consumer. I mean, China, South Korea, uh, uh, the U.S. are all racing towards 
deployment. It's become a geopolitical topic, of course. But at the end of the day, it's going to be great for, for consumers. I know I'm uh, I, I sort of blowing out my uh, even my Wi-Fi network isn't really sufficient now for, for many of the things I'm doing in terms of video creation and sharing content creation live streaming and so these networks are needed it's not about a nice to have anymore mm. i think the, the, one of the interesting things for, for me at least when it comes to wi-fi at home is is that kind of it only gets upgraded when you need to when you want to upgrade it uh you know but most people like change their phone every two years or and, and get the latest uh the latest mobile connectivity kind of automatically yeah there, there's that and and there's a whole class of people, whether you call it the gig economy or freelancers or small business owners like myself, who live and breathe on on wireless, and uh, I essentially run my my company on on a smartphone. And so, uh, these questions of downloads and uploads are tr aren't aren't trivial. They're they're real and and they're needed. And I think you'll you'll see an amazing uptake. Uh, as new applications come on board, I mean, it really is the applications that are driving usage. Uh, everyone is on video now. Everyone is doing podcasting and live. And, um, you know, it's simply going to be fundamental to, to how we live and work, uh, you know, over the next year and years. Yeah, wow. and I think we are going going to do a Facebook Live just after this one uh, with uh, uh, talking about... Uh, uh, what, what we're doing with 5G and the and the business potential report that we had uh, two weeks ago in our podcast. And I, doing I will live be there. And oh. I, I will be uh, live streaming your live stream. Oh. So, oh. I, I don't know. Is that a, is that a thing? I, I'm, is that I'm a meta sure thing? That <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, so, so just to put the time the time warp into perspective, uh, when you're listening to this, then you can go in and listen to it in replay. Yes. <laughs> I'm so confused. I need to go back to bed because that's, that's blown my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So, uh, Evan, who is at Mobile World Congress uh, Americas? Who, who are you seeing? Who's showing and who's there? You, you know, everyone in the industry is, is here, all the usual suspects, uh, uh, obviously carriers and you know, leading vendors like Ericsson, but I was I was really intrigued to see the growth of the event. I mean, it's I saw an entire Romanian tech contingent. Let's say oh. I saw an entire Taiwanese contingent. I mean, people throw around things like Mobile World, but it really has become a global event here in the U.S. You know, a few years ago, it was quite a small regional event. Mm. I'm not sure we're going to rival Barcelona for. Uh, global mobile world dominance but yeah, it's great to see <laughs> yeah no it's actually really great to see this level of mobile uh, activity here in the u.s what people perhaps don't understand is that the u.s market has been lagging for for a while i think mm -hmm. compared to parts of the world in asia certainly in europe in terms of some of the innovation and applications that are coming out whereas you know the whole let's say the whole industry here in the states is now uh, recognizes the importance of a wireless of 5G and of becoming sort of a, a leader in this space. And, and, and so it's, it's great to see how dynamic uh, the event is. Yeah, I, I, it was interesting to hear you mentioned Barcelona because, you know, Barcelona is very big. But hey, that, that was six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> a lot has happened in six months. <laughs> right. And it's, it's, it's fascinating how quickly 
you know, we're evolving and, and, and uh, how aggressively we're moving at this point. I mean, literally every day there's some new groundbreaking progress announced, not just in the industry, but in, in 5G in particular. So, um, yeah, I, I use Twitter to kind of stay on top of that, as you know. So uh -huh. I'll be uh, tweeting and posting all, all day today here from L.A. Yeah. Follow Evan, Evan Kirstel, on Twitter as well, if you want to keep up with what's happening. And you're tweeting a lot. Oh, my God. You're, you're a prolific you know, it's, it's, tweeter. It's an un, uh, prolific is one word. It's an unhealthy obsession. I, I really do need to seek psychological <laughs> help. But as, as long as I'm not uh, getting into trouble like POTUS on, on Twitter, I will uh, consider, consider it fine. I mean, I, I really stick to industry topics and... There's just, frankly, so much happening. How could I not try to uh, to capture it all? Wow. Amazing to hear. And thanks so much for joining the podcast, Evan. Yeah, thanks, Evan. Have fun Thank today now. <laughs> it's early I'll morning. <laughs> so, yeah. Just getting started. Thanks, yeah. thanks so much. Thanks go, so go much. Go find a coffee. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, Cheers.